0: Hi everyone, this is Tommy. I've recently expanded my railroad book collection encompassing all railroads that affected the Cripple Creek Gold Camp. So, that's why you're seeing so many episodes having to do with trains. The more research I do on trains, the more I realize how important it is for me to be able to understand locomotive types. I also think it is good information for you there, dear listener. The classification system is pretty straightforward, so I thought I'd put together an episode about it. Welcome to Stories from the Midland, a collection of historic tales from Teller County and the surrounding areas. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the white notation classification for locomotives, how it applies to some of the trains we've talked about on this podcast, and the benefits of certain wheel arrangements we see in the Midland. This episode was written and is being presented for you by Tommy Allen. When Richard Trevithick first designed and built his Puffing Devil at the very beginning of the 19th century, its wheel design was made up of a pair of leading wheels, a pair of driving wheels, and no trailing wheels. While no classification had yet been put in place for this new and groundbreaking technology, today we would say that it is a 220 locomotive. But what is that 220? What does it mean, and how does it relate to, later, much more developed and refined locomotives? After Trevithick set the example for steam-powered rail transport, locomotive design exploded throughout the 19th century. But no real method had been put in place to classify the new and emerging types. Instead, designs were named in ways that didn't at all describe them. As the American Engineer and Railroad Journal stated in its December 1900 edition, The number of types is increasing, and the nomenclature is tending towards confusion. The 10-wheel type is now likely to be confused with the Atlantic, the Northwestern, the Chautauqua, the Fantail, the Consolidation, and others yet to come which have 10 wheels unless some simple scheme of classification is devised. The article went on to recommend a simple yet ingenious classification system based on specific arrangements of the wheels. It was developed by Dutch-American design engineer, Frederick Meathen-White. In this new format, an engine was described by its number of leading wheels, followed by the number of powered driving wheels, and ending with the number of trailing wheels, with each number separated by a dash. Keep in mind that this is the number of wheels, not axles, so since each axle has two wheels, a train with one axle up front, followed by four axles of driving wheels, and ending with two axles of trailing wheels would be classified as a 284. Under the previous naming scheme, a 284 would have been called a mountain type, or a Berkshire. In our podcast episode about the mighty 300 series of the Colorado Midland Railway, we talked mostly about the 280 consolidation engines with some reference to the 460 10-wheel engines. So how does knowing the wheel arrangements help us in practical terms? Well, first of all, as talked about in the article earlier, both of those locomotives have 10 wheels, but the wheels are applied in very different ways. For the 280s, having eight driving wheels meant a significant increase in power applied through traction where the wheels met the tracks over the six wheels of the 460. Also the 280's predecessor, the 080, had no leading wheels and had a tendency to derail. So having that two to identify the consolidations pair of leading wheels meant that the locomotive would much more reliably stay on the tracks. In what situations would the Colorado Midland want to use a 460 over a 280? Well, power is applied to a locomotive's wheels by alternating sides. So, power turns the left wheels, then power turns the right wheels, then the left, then the right, left, right, chug, chug, chug. As the left side of the wheels apply power, the nose of the locomotive is pushed to the right. Then, as the right wheels apply power, the nose of the locomotive is pushed to the left. Left wheels push right, right wheels push left, over and over again. The two leading wheels on a consolidation aren't very good at absorbing this side-to-side motion, called nosing, especially at higher speeds. While this is fine for dragging freight at slower speeds or pulling and pushing trains up steep grades, it can become problematic for fast freight and passenger trains. But adding two more leading wheels to the pilot truck while reducing the number of driving wheels by two helps greatly mitigate the nosing. So with a basic understanding of the white notation system and the effects of different wheel arrangements. Could you guess the purpose of the Colorado Midlands single 060 locomotive? Well, it has no leading wheels, so the railway would certainly not want to use it on winding tracks crossing the mountains for danger of derailing. And with six wheels, it doesn't have the raw power to traction like engines driven by eight wheels. So, flat land, no curves, and less weight at a time. That tells me that the 060 would be a switcher locomotive, adding and removing train cars from trains being built or disassembled in the rail yard. Now, some locomotives, referred to as duplex engines, have two sets of driving wheels. For example, the Challenger locomotives of the Denver and Rio Grande Western have four leading wheels, six coupled driving wheels, another set of six coupled driving wheels, and then four trailing wheels. Under White Notation, that locomotive is classified as a 4664. But Tommy, you might say, in the podcast about Doc Lane's last train ride, you talked about articulated engines. How did those fit into white notation? Well, generally, the only difference in design is that there's a pivot of some sort between the two sets of driving wheels. You'd treat them the same as any other locomotive. So, say two leading wheels, a set of six driving wheels, a pivot point, another set of six driving wheels, and two trailing wheels would be classified as a 2662. The Shea locomotives used by the Uinta Railway had no leading wheels or trailing wheels, just four driving wheels, the pivot, then four more driving wheels. So, under the white notation, it would be designated as an 0440. The exception to these general rules would be the Garrett-articulated locomotives, which were like two locomotives smooshed together. But we wouldn't see many of those in the United States, so I'm not going to talk about them here. We've talked about a lot of types of locomotives in this episode, but I think the ones you really want to pay attention to are the 280s and the 460s. These were the types primarily used by the Colorado Midland, the Fluorescent and Cripple Creek, and the Midland Terminal. Thank you for listening. This is Tommy Allen, and on behalf of Trevor Phipps, have a great day. And should you find yourself trying to figure out how a locomotive is used, count its wheels and that should give you a clue. We'll look forward to having you join us next time for more stories from the Midland references used in this episode can be found on its webpage. page. Visit storiesfromthemidland.com slash podcast. And I'm going to sneeze. Come on. There it is.